Well, it's good to be with you again in your home today. I hope that you'll just be able to settle back and sit down in an easy chair and think about something that's very important to all of us, memory. You know, we so often sing and hear people talking about the fond memories of the past. Well, that's wonderful. God gave us our memories for very wonderful purposes, not only so that we could savor and remember the good of the past, but also so that we could get along day by day and not have to think again afresh about every action that we take and so on. Many things could be done simply out of, of habit, which is, in a sense, an aspect of memory. If you had to think about how to tie your shoe every morning and uh, which uh, foot to uh, put out of the bed first in the morning, which eye to open first, and how to unscrew the cap on the toothpaste, you wouldn't get to bed at midnight. Uh, well, to, to breakfast at midnight. We're not talking about that side of memory today. We're talking instead about the curse that sin has brought to us through our memories. That is, in a world of sin, memory, which was intended as a real and wonderful blessing for man as it was built into him, can become one of the most nagging, terrifying factors in his life. We're talking about how to handle bad memories. There are people who are listening today who are plagued with bad memories. Memories of sin, memories of immorality, of failure, of the way that they've hurt other people. All sorts of vivid, bad memories which they replay. Sometimes when they lie in bed at night before they go to sleep. They hardly find it possible to get sleep because those memories come back and almost as if they were reliving the scene, the TV in their minds goes on and the whole show is replayed again. Again and again, day after day, night after night, they face these memories. What can be done about them? How can they be handled? What is it that can really make the difference for you? The first thing that you need to do is to put the past where it belongs, into the past. Now, you can't do that by just some act of will. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to shove it all back there and stop making the past a present reality by memory. Memory just doesn't work that way. You see, you need something else to feed into that memory picture. You need to feed in a new event in the memory. You need to change the story, the story that continues to be repeated day after day and night after night needs a new conclusion to it. Instead of the bad conclusion which you remember, it needs to be rewritten now with, a, with an epilogue, with a conclusion that changes the whole picture, that says where sin abounded, grace more abounds. Instead of remembering the, bounding, the abounding sin, you now need to be able to remember even more vividly the way in which God, by his grace, turned the sin into a blessing by overcoming and overriding and overshadowing all the consequences and all the, the badness of the past by his grace. And this is exactly what you can remember in such times as those. Putting the past into the past, first of all, means settling all setting all matters to rest before God and other persons. If you have never really sought forgiveness before God, that's the first thing you need to do. If your sin 
has never yet been brought before him, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, but you have not gone to your father and said to him, Father, I have sinned against you, then you need to do that. You need to tell God that you're sorry for your sin and to tell him that you believe that Jesus Christ has died for it and to come before him and get that cleansing which he promises in 1 John when he says that he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. Then you need to go to your brother if you've offended him. If you've hurt another with a word, you need to go and seek his forgiveness. It may be that right here is the stumbling block. Right here is where the memory picture can be changed. Right here is where the epilogue needs a difference. You may have gone to God and found forgiveness, but you may never have turned to your brother, who may be your husband, who may be your wife, who may be that woman who lives down the street or that other person at church, whoever it may be. If there are things to be set right with another person or even with the government if you've committed a crime or with the income tax people if that's your problem, whoever it is that you need to set things right with, you need to do that. And that will help to put the past into the past. Secondly, you must not allow patterns of brooding to continue. People who are troubled by memories spend a lot of time, an awful lot of time, sitting and thinking. It's just the way it goes. That kind of pattern needs to be shattered. It needs to be busted. I know you school teachers think that bursted is a better way of saying it, but uh, even though that's better English, it doesn't sound so good, so I'm going to say busted. Those patterns need to be busted. They need to be shattered and broken so that they no longer prevail in your life. You can't afford yourself the dubious luxury of just sitting and thinking for long periods of time, of rehashing and going back over all the past. When you catch yourself doing that, then have a list ready of all the kinds of things that you could be doing that would be profitable to do and to think about at that time that God would have you do. And therefore, you will be able to replace your preoccupation about the past with occupation that is profitable in the present. And lastly, it may be that your problem not, is not really so much a difficulty of bad memories but that the bad memories are stirred up by the fact that there are present difficulties in the pattern of life that you still live. You may really have gotten forgiven by God, and you may have been forgiven by your neighbor, and yet still the problem may occur. What is wrong under those circumstances? Well, usually we find in our counseling center that when people are having those kinds of problems, even though they've received forgiveness from God or forgiveness from their neighbor, and sometimes they come in saying, yeah, but I don't know how to forgive myself. What they really need is not to forgive themselves. That's not the problem at all. We're all too ready to forgive ourselves, in fact. The real problem is that they recognize that when they were living in the past as they did and that uh, the way that they lived and the patterns that they had developed uh, that led to the problem for which they needed to seek forgiveness from God and for others, that, that they're really still those same people with those same patterns that have never been changed. Maybe they lied a lot in the past, and so they've now sought God's forgiveness for the last lie, and they've sought the forgiveness of a husband or a wife or a child or a parent or whoever it may be for the last lie, but they know that basically down underneath they're still liars, and they know that given the right kind of pressure that they're still programmed to lie. And so what really concerns them is the fact that something more needs to be done. The pattern of lying needs to be busted, needs to be put off. How do you do that? 
Ephesians 4 makes it very clear. We haven't time to go into it all, but listen to the dynamic clearly. The dynamic is, put off, he says in verse 22, or lay aside the old man, that is, these old ways, these old patterns, these manners of life of which he's speaking in the early part of verse 22. And, now here's the key, put on the new man. That is, it's not merely a matter of breaking the pattern. It's not merely a matter of putting off or quitting something from the past. But the only way that that can be done is by building in new patterns, new habits that are in accord with the Word of God. For example, in verse 28, he says, Let him who steals, steal no longer. There's the put off. But now, rather let him labor, performing with his own hands what is good, in order that he may have something to share with him who is in need. You see, the new way has to replace the old. It's a matter of repackaging with the very will of God himself as it is expressed in his word. Lord, help us to do just that. Help us to repackage our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit as he enables us not only to understand, but to build in new patterns from the word of God into our living. For we pray in Christ's name, amen.